So, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I have the COVID. Pardon me. Coronavirus! That's right, Dr. Cardi. Uh, Tim Sandifer is the vice president for lit- litigation at the Goldwater Institute. He joins us now. Tim, how are you, sir? I'm great. I would ask how you are, but now I know. Have you I had- actually? I'm, I'm vastly improved. Have you had COVID, Tim? Yes, in fact, I've, I'm still just, I'm mostly recovered, but my wife and I caught it about three weeks ago. Oh, okay. We only had about one day, really bad day each, where we were exhausted, a little bit of a fever, but losing our sense of taste was very weird. And it was actually kind of disappointing because both of us thought that if that ever happened, that we would eat less. And we found that we actually ate more because we weren't satiated and we kept hoping that our our taste would come back. And so wow. we ended up eating more over the course of the past three weeks than we have in a long time. See, I lost my taste and I started listening to Nickelback and watching According to Jim. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, boy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's funny. I've had, I had three solid days of fever. I think I'm fever-free today, but we'll have to see. I easily uh, know more people with COVID in the last two weeks than I have in the oh, entire two years. This BA5 is everywhere, and where and it you, ain't, it's going to be. You expect the virus to get less dangerous as, as simultaneously with becoming more contagious because that means that as it gets less dangerous, it's easier for that virus to spread throughout the population. So it kind of is a trade-off. More people sure. are going to get it, but they're going to suffer less. Right. Yeah, which which is fine. Let's keep moving in that direction until it becomes just another cold, as some have predicted. Exactly. And I hope they're right. So let's talk about uh, work for you at the Goldwater Institute. Uh, you're involved in a really interesting case involving an Arizona mother. Tell us about it. This are, so my client is a woman named Sarah. She lives in Tucson. She's heading on Thanksgiving of 2020. She's heading to a grocery store to pick up the turkey. And she's got her seven-year-old son in the car along with his five-year-old friend. And they say, and the store said, please don't come in unless you're shopping. And the kids said, well, let us play in, in our neighborhood park in here, and, and we'll just play while you go shop. So mom says, okay. She lets them, drops them off. She, looks, she sees in the park that some friends of hers are in the park, and so she knows the kids can go to them if there's any kind of a problem or anything. Goes in the store for a half an hour. Next thing she knows, the, fo- the police are on the phone. The police have stopped and are asking her kids why they're there playing in the park. And she gets charged with child neglect under state law for letting her children play in the park for a half an hour. And now the county prosecutor saw how ridiculous this was and dropped those charges. But the State Department of Child Safety is now trying to put her name on a list of child abusers that would prohibit her from working with kids or even volunteering in her community to help kids out. Great, Scott. So, I mean, not only has there been no due process here, it would seem to be somebody asking the question is the answer. Did it have anything to do with COVID? Was there uh, was that they're not allowed to be in the park, or is that not part of the story? No, it was not that. It was okay. that the cops the cops actually told her that every child under eighteen must be supervised at all times in public by an adult, which is not true. What? Yeah, Arizona that's news law, to me as a parent. I'd never heard that. It's absurd, and that's not the law. But Arizona law defines neglect as the unwillingness to supervise a child if that exposes the child to unreasonable risk. Well. Sarah was not unwilling to supervise her children. She let her kids play in the park for a half an hour because it was safe to do so. And the state is putting her on this blacklist. And you mentioned due process. This is the really important part of this case. Under state law, your name can be put on this blacklist for 25 years based on probable cause. 
that's a lower standard than obviously it's lower than the criminal law standard, which is beyond a reasonable doubt. Right. But even in a civil lawsuit, the, the government or the plaintiff has to prove somebody did something by preponderance of the evidence. But this is a lower standard even than that. Probable cause is basically suspicion. The government can put your name on this blacklist for 25 years based on suspicion that you might have done something wrong. That's insane. That's a violation of due process. And that's one of the reasons we say this is a violation of the Constitution. Wow. You know, uh, it's funny. I was uh, through one of your tweets. I was reading a a Twitter feed or a Twitter thread about what lawyers wish their uh, the clients understood about litigation that laymen don't understand about when you actually try to litigate a case. Um, and, and, and one of them, one of them was, it's not frivolous. You think it's frivolous because your point of view, the other side has a point of view. So I'm going to be careful in saying this, but it strikes me that the other side has no argument. How can you put this woman on a quarter century would be child abuser list? Cause her kids were playing in a park. Well, I think part of it is Arizona about five years ago or so, there was a big controversy because the Department of Child Safety was accused of, of letting, not doing its job and kids were being harmed and stuff. And I think there's been this real push by the bureaucracy to try and change their ways and be more aggressive. But this shows why we need constitutional protections so that aggressive bureaucrats doing what they think is the right thing don't trample on our rights. I think a lot of people think that when government does bad things, it's because the people in charge ha- are, are just bad people or are trying to do bad things. But far more often, your rights get violated when bureaucrats do what they think is the right thing, but there are no checks and balances against them. And the, the, the Department of Child Safety operates really without checks and balances because it combines the judicial, legislative, and executive powers. They write the rules, investigate alleged infraction, and they put you through this administrative hearing that's sort of supposed to be like a trial, except that the rules of evidence and the rules of procedure don't apply. And even if you're found not guilty at that hearing, the department can still declare you guilty anyway. So it's a, it's a, a charade of due process. But I think it's because, you know, there's this attempt to protect kids. In this case, it's protect kids from playing safely in a safe park for a half an hour with mom's permission and adults there to keep an eye on them. Yeah, all these child protective service organizations in their various forms have such a hard job. And um, I think a lot of the problem comes from when they get it wrong, which you're going to get it wrong a lot. It would be so, oh, it would just kill you when you got it wrong. That's right. And there's a technical term for that. It's called a type two error. A type one error is when you fail to do something when you should. A type two error is when you uh, com- you do something that you shouldn't do. The type two error is, is where you try to avoid that, right? And so it's safer under this kind of mistake. It's, it's safer not to do anything. Because if you do something, you run the risk of being accused of doing something wrong. If you don't do anything, well, the blame gets put on somebody else. You didn't do anything. It's just that the rules are there and that sort of thing. And so that's why bureaucracies are so slow, because they're afraid of doing anything at all, lest they be accused of doing something wrong. Mm. Is is that the, the problem we have in, in policing right now? I mean, obviously, it's not the whole thing, but is that the whole pullback of the police and they're afraid to arrest anybody uh, phenomenon, I, a type I, two I, error situation? I think that's right, and I think it's uh, become very prominent in recent years because that's what like the FDA does when they refuse to approve a life-saving treatment. They, they're afraid of approving it because if one person like suffers an adverse reaction, they get accused, the co- Congress go- throws a fit, the bureauc- bureaucracy gets called in front of a hearing. If they don't approve the drug, well, 
you know, nothing really happens. It doesn't end up in the headlines. So there's this bias in favor of not doing anything. Right. And, and that's the kind of problem that happens in any bureaucracy anywhere. Yeah, so your case is obviously important legally, and you're a lawyer. But culturally, it's pretty huge, too. If the government were to win this case, and that's a headline, we don't need to reinforce this idea nationwide with a headline that shows, yeah, you actually can't let your kids play at the park. It's too dangerous and against the law. I don't want to encourage totally. that. And, totally. And there hasn't, been, there hasn't been a stranger kidnapping in this neighborhood in like a decade. And, so, and everybody is so panicked about it, even though this is safe. The, the result is what they call helicopter parenting, right? That you have to constantly hover over your kids all the time. And Sarah is opposed to helicopter parenting. She thinks kids need to have a degree of independence as they grow up so that they can grow up to be adults who can, who can take care of themselves. That doesn't mean you neglect them, obviously, but it means that you allow them to play by themselves in places and situations where it's safe to do so and you're not constantly over them. And what the state is doing in this situation is it's saying that runs the risk of putting your name on a do not hire list for 25 years without due process of law. That's that's too much. That's not what the Constitution allows. We've got 30 seconds left, Tim. Uh, what's the next step? Our, we filed our appeal to the Superior Court just the other day, so there's going to be a round of briefings, and then there's an oral argument, and if we lose that, we'll appeal it again, and we'll go to the Supreme Court if we have to. Tim Sanford, Vice President for Litigation, Goldwater Institute. Tim, as we often sign up, keep fighting the good fight. Good to talk to you. Thanks, guys. Who Thanks. threw out the crap of kids aren't allowed to be unattended up to 18? I mean, how could you function as a society like that? Oh, my God. So you can't let a 14-year-old ride their bike around the neighborhood unless you're watching him? I mean, that's insane. We've lost our minds. We really have. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.